0: Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 13, The Day of the Lord, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we posted our episode, The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Art 12, The Day of the Lord, Art 1, on August 21st. Last week, we learned how this passage opens to the Thessalonians. It reads, Now on the topic of times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. The Thessalonians obviously, by how this verse is written, knew all that anyone needs to know of the times and seasons. In fact, they knew it so well that the verse ends with, You have no need for anything to be written to you. Are we that knowledgeable on the subject of the return of Christ for His people before the Great Tribulation period? For that matter, are we that knowledgeable on the subject of His second coming to earth for His one thousand year reign? Are we that knowledgeable on the times and seasons like the Thessalonians were? Are any of God's people today even half that knowledgeable on this subject. We also learned about the very strong assertion made by Jesus in our Bibles to Stay alert! Exclamation point. That means that Jesus was emphatic and maybe assertive when he said, Stay alert! Remember what a cross-reference told us. Wait for his Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus our Deliverer from. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 12, The Day of the Lord, Part 1. For more, listen to our growing summer series The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Parts 1-12. through This week, as we continue to examine the day of the Lord in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1-11, through 11, it will help show better how this subject of Jesus coming again on the clouds in a hidden way to catch his people up before the great tribulation period begins has real basis in truth. For clarity, I will quickly remind you where we are with this study. Last week we closed with these verses. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come in the same way as a thief in the night. Now, when they are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction comes on them, like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will surely not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness for the day to overtake you like a thief would for you all are sons of the light and sons of the day we are not of the night nor of the darkness from 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 2 through 5 we further noted a thief comes without giving any warning or any indications of his approach he not only gives none but he is careful that none shall be given. It is a point with him that, if possible, the man whose house he is about to rob shall have no means of ascertaining his approach until he comes suddenly upon him. In this way, the Lord Jesus will return to judgment, and this proves that all the attempts to determine the day the year, or the century when he will come, must be fallacious. He intends that his coming to this world shall be sudden and unexpected. Is there anything else in which his coming will resemble that of a thief? And if this be the true point of comparison, how can it be true that men can ascertain when that is to occur? Assuredly, if they can, his coming will not be like that of a thief. From Barnes New Testament Notes This week we want to look closer at this passage starting in verse 3. For clarity, verse 3 reads, Now when they are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction comes on them like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will surely not escape. Just a reminder that we have read of these birth pangs before in this study series. Further, given all the ills of mankind around the world that are going on right now, why would anyone say there is peace and security? Or, as some Bibles read, peace, and safety. There is a growing lack of both if you take the time to look. You do not have to look long, and you do not have to look hard or intently. It is quite easy to see. It ranges in the scope of what you will see, but it is there and not necessarily getting any better right now. As of the posting of this podcast in August of 2022, news reports from around the world speak of issues involving sickness, greatly increased hunger, an increase in the total number of poor people, troublesome stability issues with wars, and rumors or threats of war very much in play. Where is the peace and security or safety that? This verse speaks of in that. For when they shall say, peace and safety, that is, when the wicked shall say this, for the apostle here refers only to those on whom sudden destruction will come. It is clear from this, one, that when the Lord Jesus shall come, The world will not all be converted. There will be some to be destroyed. How large this proportion will be, it is impossible now to ascertain. This supposition, however, is not inconsistent with the belief that there will be a general prevalence of the gospel before that period. 2. The impenitent and wicked world will be sunk in carnal security when he comes. They will regard themselves as safe. They will see no danger. They will give no heed to warning. They will be unprepared for his advent. So it has always been It seems to be an universal truth in regard to all the visitations of God to wicked men for punishment, that he comes upon them at a time when they are not expecting him, and that they have no faith in the predictions of his advent. So it was in the time of the flood, in the destruction of Sodom, Gomorrah, and Jerusalem, in the overthrow of Babylon. So it is when the sinner dies, and so it will be when the Lord Jesus shall return to judge the world. One of the most remarkable facts about the history of man is that he takes no warning from his Maker; he never changes his plans or feels any emotion because his Creator quote, thunders damnation along his path end quote, and threatens to destroy him in hell. From Barnes New Testament Notes This commentary passage closes very strongly. It also gives us a few things to look at. So I will start at the beginning. We should first notice, for clarity, how this commentary passage opens. It said, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, that is, when the wicked, shall say this. For the apostle here refers only to those on whom, quote, sudden destruction, end quote, will come. Both scripture and older commentary passages refer to those unsaved in Christ as wicked. Only people create scales on such subjects. For instance, if a person basically does good things, is a good friend, if married, a good spouse and parent, then they are usually not considered to be wicked. In today's world, wicked people are classified more as murderers, destroyers of property, robbers, and more. Quite possibly... The bad news here is that God considers all unsaved people as wicked. That is harsh. It is real harsh. It also is the truth, unfortunately, if we believe our Bibles. The arguments people have on this subject are without end and never end decisively one way or the other. However, they do end in a way the devil is happy with hurt feelings, and personal separation of one's friends, and maybe even family members. So, when wicked people will say, peace and security, or peace and safety, then will come sudden destruction. We should also note that, when the Lord Jesus shall come, the world will not all be converted. This speaks to the current-day notion that there will be a last-blast revival that will bring many into a believing state. While many more may well come to the full believing faith in Christ and be saved by His sacrifice and grace and blood, it may not be the large numbers that some imply there will be. Yet, the above-commentary phrase I just quoted sounds more in the opposite direction. I think, based on my own personal conjecture, the best thought is that it may well be somewhere in the middle of what we can infer from this passage and the hope many people hold. What the true numbers will be, either way, is really unknown. So, We can understand that the number of unsaved people will be great in its size regardless of how the math works with an end number of truly saved people. Simply put, it is a false belief that we can convert everyone we know or meet to Christ. It simply will not happen in anyone's lifetime. This fact should not discourage us from witnessing nonetheless. We witness to those who will listen and move on when others simply do not want to hear what we have to say. I have seen too many people offended, so they will not come around to listen to someone else later on. If you cannot witness in word, then witness in action by how you act. Let your actions be your witness to those who do not want to hear what you have to say. You may find that they question you and eventually open the door of communication. However, this will not happen if you do not live your witness. If you say one thing and act in a way that is inconsistent with what you say, Many people pick up on that and quickly consider you to be a hypocrite. Let your actions speak even louder than your words, especially to those who do not want to listen to your testimony. Noting further, the impenitent and wicked world will be sunk in carnal security when he comes. They will regard themselves as safe. They will see no danger. They will give no heed to warning. They will be unprepared for his advent. These five sentences from Barnes New Testament Notes tell us that, even in a world that is troubled, as we previously noted in this podcast, that many will consider themselves secure. If that deception is true, then just what do such people consider as peace? It seems to be an universal truth in regard to all the visitations of God to wicked men for punishment, that He comes upon them at a time when they are not expecting Him, and that they have no faith in the predictions of His advent. So it was in the time of the flood, in the destruction of Sodom, Gomorrah, and Jerusalem, in the overthrow of Babylon. Four glaring biblical examples of what the last days will look like in a present-day global perspective. If these four cases, destruction, come upon those outside of God, living in sin, unawares. We do know that God spares solid believers such as Lot in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. In that story, we can see that we need to be removed from this earth before the great tribulation period of earthly destruction begins. Some of the reasoning for that is found in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. God would not pass his judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah until all his people were out of the path of his destruction, namely, Lot and his family. Whether one Or many God even sent angels to persuade Lot to get out. The reasoning for this was that God was not going to hold back his judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot had to gather his family and get out without even looking back on Sodom and Gomorrah. Therein is a good commonality for comparatively looking at events today. Today, however, is far more complex with all its issues than was what we know of Sodom and Gomorrah. I use Sodom and Gomorrah since many people, saved in Christ and unsaved, are at least familiar with that story. Our scripture passage continues, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness for the day to overtake you like a thief would. For you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. So then we must not sleep as the rest, but must stay alert and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we are of the day, we must stay sober by putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, our hope for salvation. From First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 through 8. Notice verse 4. It speaks to all of us who are saved in Christ with the words, Brothers and sisters. It further tells us that we are not in the darkness for the day to overtake us like a thief. If we also know not the day or hour of Christ's return, how is it that we can be overtaken by the likes of a thief like those who are unprepared? What is Scripture talking about? Notice verse 5. For you all are sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Just what could this verse be telling us? Let us see further why God's children are called, in First Thessalonians, sons of light and sons of the day. Unless we are walking or driving somewhere and pass through a tunnel, It is difficult to be in darkness while we are in the daylight time of day. You are all the children of light, all who are Christians. The phrase children of light, quote unquote, is a Hebraism, meaning that they were the enlightened children of God. From Barnes' New Testament notes. That is the quick explanation to bring clarity on these phrases used to poetically describe God's children. We should also note further, and the children of the day, who live as if light always shone round about them. The meaning is that in reference to the coming of the Lord, they are as men would be in reference to the coming of a thief. If there were no night and no necessity of slumber, They would always be wakeful and active and it would be impossible to come upon them by surprise. Christians are always to be wakeful and vigilant. They are so to expect the coming of the Redeemer that he will not find them off their guard and will not come upon them by surprise. From Barnes New Testament Notes Again We see that even though the word, quote, sleep, end quote, is used, it does not mean the needed rest we all need by design of the human body. It means not to be off our guard for the return of Christ, even though we do not know the day, hour, or anything else that could mark a specific time. We should always expect a sudden, Unannounced return for God's children by Jesus. In today's world, people who go off to war need to sleep and be rested for any forthcoming engagement with enemy forces. However, one must not be asleep at their weapon, meaning unattentive, not expecting, or unwilling to wake from their needed sleep to fight. Like real soldiers, Scripture is encouraging us to be likewise alert. That type of alertness that stays with us even when we are sleeping. Be ready. Stay ready. Wake from bed. Ready. Next week, we will continue to examine this subject titled, The Day of the Lord we will continue to see several things in our Bible passage that we have already seen in previous episodes of this study. Our passage in 1 Thessalonians will continue to bring several things to greater understanding and purpose. Join us next week for our episode titled The Rapture, A Mystery, A New Thing, Part 14, The Day of the Lord, Part 3. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow! All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, Welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Many sooner than others. Our website is located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.